Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. continuing story of our band of heroes Luke Skywalker Princess Leia Han Solo C-3PO R2-D2 and Chewbacca and introducing Lando Calrissian it's an epic of romance of heroes and villains They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. A galactic odyssey against oppression. Big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. Ticket stubs and cassette tapes. This is a movie and music podcast, and this is a pretty special episode. We're doing um, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, which I've been looking forward to for a long time, and we're also covering uh, Boba Fett episodes uh, two through six. So everything up until uh, right before the finale, um, except for the first episode, we've already covered that one in our uh, A New Hope episode uh this will be a spoiler review of both the movie and the show so if you haven't seen uh either i I don't really know why you're here uh but specifically with boba fett uh with it being uh you know obviously a new show uh if you have if you're not caught up all the way uh, 
everything up until the finale. Uh, this is your warning. You're going to want to back out now and come back later after you've seen it. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm your host. And uh, today I'm once again joined by Mr. Chad. How's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm been like I said. I've been looking forward to this one. Um, you know, should be a fun show. One of the uh, the best Star Wars movies. You know, by yep. popular fan vote uh, of all time, if not the best. And um, you know, also what is, you should be a pretty interesting convers- conversation on the Book of Boba Fett. So we're going to start with the Book of Boba Fett. Um, just uh, you know, sort of ahead and. Uh, go ahead and and get our our thoughts on that um so we covered episode one like i said uh that was in our a new hope episode and so basically uh we'll we'll cover the last couple episodes last and we'll, we'll just sort of talk about episodes um two three and four which um it was a lot of backstory uh similar to the first episode it was a lot of filling you in and, and, you know, catching you up to the present point in time. Um, a lot of figuring out what happened to Boba Fett, you know, right after um, what we saw happen to him in Return of the Jedi, where, he, you know, he went into the Sarlacc pit and, you know, his time with the Tuscans. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think we really have to go into too much, you know, detail on each one of those episodes because it was all sort of, uh, like I said, just filling in some backstory. And, uh, and even though I thought it was pretty good, I mean, it wasn't like the most exciting thing ever. Um, I could tell, I could sort of tell that it was just, uh, like I said, it was just backstory, uh, to get you to where we currently are. Um, and I have my thoughts on that as well, but Chad sort of, you know, catch us up on what your thoughts were on, uh, episodes two three and four before um you know obviously the the episode with the mandalorian right what were what were your thoughts on the show up until that point uh i i liked it i did not like it as much as the mandalorian i'll say that um but i did like it i did like the the flashbacks um and it, it went back to that theme the first episode uh you know they i felt like they got away from the western theme you know uh, uh, but in those episodes and the flashbacks, uh, uh, I feel like they, they kind of went back to that and they showed the backstory of the, of the Tuscan Raiders. Um, and you know, the train, it, obviously they went back to, uh, that Western theme, which I did enjoy and getting the, the backstory of, uh, seeing like the culture and, uh, more in depth, uh, storylines of the, of the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, I really like that. So I, I enjoyed them. Uh, like I said, I did not like them as much as I did the, uh, the Mandalorian, um, seasons, but I did like them more than that first episode and not that the first episode was bad. It was just different. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about it is, you know, so his, his relationship with, the Tuscans is almost like um, it's, it, it, it's weird. It's almost like he's learning how to be a part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whereas, you know, he has grown up, um, you know, being a bounty hunter, which is sort of uh, a lonely lifestyle. Um, 
you know, just doing jobs, you know, for, for, you know, your living and you don't really have, you know, you don't really have a lot of relationships with people other than just like your employers and people like that. And, you know, all of a sudden now he's cast into this role where, you know, he's, he's learning from this group of people, you know, who live out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Tatooine, who live on the, the, you know, the, who live out in the sand and, and, you know, he sort of gets caught up in their fight with, um, the syndicate and, you know, the, the people who are running spice, um, which we'll get into a little bit more to talk about the later episodes. Um, and so it's like, it changes him. It changes his personality. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up because you can't really talk about this show at this point without talking about sort of the, the controversy of it, which is, um, you know, a lot of people are disappointed with it and not as much the last couple of episodes, but in a way still with the last couple of episodes, because there are a lot of people out there who are huge Boba Fett fans and what they thought they were going to get out of this show was essentially what you got with the Mandalorian, which is just this, you know, bounty hunter who's, you know, ruthless and, um, you know, a very feared name across the galaxy, which, you know, Boba Fett has always been perceived to be. And instead what they've gotten is the progression of a character who has sort of left that lifestyle behind. Um, you know, you can sort of tell by the way he talks that he's scorned by, the events that took place in return of the Jedi and, you know, so, you know, his dealings with like Darth Vader. And, um, you know, I, I think that he's, it's like, he's grown to not want to be, you know, live that kind of lifestyle anymore. And that's whether you love that or hate that or whatever, that's sort of the way the show has went. And so, you know, there are people who, who have been disappointed with the show. I think there's a pretty good number of people who've been disappointed for you, would you say that that's factored into it for you? I mean, were you really expecting him to be more, you know, of like the feared Boba Fett, the guy who's just getting bounties left and right? I mean, was that the kind of show you wanted more than what you've gotten so far? No, I, I was open to what I, I trust uh, the writers, uh, Favreau and, you know, and Filoni and those guys and uh, the creators. Uh, so I was really open to whatever they, they were going to do. Uh, the same with the Mandalorian. I was I was open to it, and they didn't disappoint. Uh, in fact, you know everything they've done so far, I, I think they've it's, it's been great. So I was open to whatever they wanted to do. Um, and like I said, I it wasn't my favorite, uh, but it was good. I liked it. Um, and going to these last few episodes, this may be a, a like I said, I like the backstory of the Tuscan Raiders and. Uh, you know, seeing more of their culture and his interaction with them and evol- uh, evolving from, you know, from where he was with them to building that relationship. And I know this is probably a stretch, but it's it's kind of, to me, reminiscent of, uh, of uh, Star Wars Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. It really is, if you think about it. Um, I guess I've never... Yeah, I mean, I guess I've never really thought of that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much true. It is. <laughs> it's a Star Wars Dances with Wolves. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I was, I'm one of those people, to me personally, that when I go into a 
movie or a new show specifically with a you know a property that i'm familiar with uh, now there are you know some um uh some times where this may not be true but for the most part um i go into them with you know pretty open-minded and like uh you know i wait to see how their story plays out before i really make judgments on it um i think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the reasoning reasoning behind the the controversy has to do with um there was a um uh, um, an expanded universe, obviously, that Disney sort of wiped out um, when they bought Lucasfilm. And so, you know, there were all these Boba Fett stories out there that people thought were really cool, and they and a lot of them were, you know, and, and so people wanted to see more of stuff like that. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's one of those things when where you have preconceived notions of what so- something should be, you, you, you might be let down, you know. And I'm not saying that you know, anybody's right or wrong in, you know, not liking, uh, you know, the show or anything, but, um, I, I just think it's, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's interesting to sort of look at, uh, different people's opinions on the show so far. Um, I think my favorite out of the series up until the last couple of episodes, um, was episode four where they were trying to retrieve his shit back from Jabba's palace. Yeah. Um, and then you got like the cool shot of them coming out of the sky and, you know, shooting, um, the people on the, uh, the speeders. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was really good. I, I will say something I specifically keep remembering from those first few episodes that I did not care for was when he found Fennec Shand and took her to that, um, the, uh, the people who will alter you with droid parts yeah, and you got like this the that music in the background of it that didn't sound anything like Star Wars, you know. <laughs> um, that sort of stuck out to me as like uh, I didn't care for that as much, but um, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought it was an interesting series, and I was, I, I it was sort of slow, but I was you know interested to see where it went. Um, and then you got Episode Five, right? So you yeah. come in high with the Mandalorian. And then you get to the end of the episode and you realize it was all the Mandalorian. <laughs> you know, it was just a whole Mandalorian episode. And it was awesome. And it really made me think about how uh, cool the Mandalorian has become. That you, oh, he's, yeah. he's now become a character that when you see him come on screen, it's like, oh, it's the Mandalorian. You know, it's the Mandalorian. You know, yep. he's sort of become a character like that. Um and you have the whole thing where he's replaces he gets his ship replaced with a a Naboo starfighter, which is obviously a throwback to uh, the Phantom Menace. And um, yeah, there was just a lot of cool thing, you know, you know that the whole interaction between him and the other Mandalorians, and he sort of gets tossed out of you know the Mandalorian group, um, <laughs> uh, you know, because he removed his helmet and told him about it. I loved that episode. I thought it was very good. No, it did not have Boba Fett in it. Uh, I get that. I get that some people are disappointed by that. But I was okay with it, honestly. I, I was too. I, you know, because it felt like they were going somewhere in the story with it. Yeah. You know, um, it felt like it wasn't just a needless takeaway from everything they had built up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it it will be at the end of the day. Um, so for you though, w- with that episode specifically, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? 
No, yeah, I did like the uh, the callback to the Naboo ship. That was that was pretty cool. And like you said, the the interaction with the the other Mandalorians uh, it was a, co- a coincidence. I thought that that was the one uh, question she asked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have you removed your helmet? <laughs> Uh, and he was just silent. He's like, oh, crap. So, but yeah, um, I, I did like that episode. Uh, I, in fact, you know, when it, I, I, I didn't care personally that uh, Boba Fett wasn't, wasn't in that episode at all. Um, I guess that doesn't, you know, I guess that kind of speaks what I thought about the, the, the first few episodes. I, again, I did like them, but uh, if I had to choose between the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian series, i I like how they did the Mandalorian and yeah. merging that in here with this season or with the book of Boba Fett. I think uh, to me, I like that it's got multiple story arcs that are going to merge. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that, that, that episode. Yeah. And, and vice versa, it feels like they're leading that into the Mandalorian season three. That's, that's really why I think a big part of this is happening um so i think you know the way they're playing off of each other is cool i will agree with you i think i enjoyed the mandalorian show better you know at least so far um than i have boba fett um but you know who knows we'll have to see how things play out um and then you got episode six which is the most recent episode which is just like what i describe as a a star wars fans christmas morning Oh yeah. Like it was just, you know, it was, um, you know, a character makes an appearance here, you know, there's an appearance here. There's, you know, this cool thing happening. And it was really all, I mean, the thing is I was like a hundred percent sure, or I guess I should say like 99% sure after last week when he said he needed to pay a visit, when the Mandalorian said, I need to pay a visit to a little friend, meaning Grogu. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so we're not going to see him again. And that'll be the Mandalorian season three. No, they went right into it in the next episode. (laughs) I was really shocked by that. Um, And you get uh, an Ahsoka appearance. I guess we can go in order here, Mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously Ahsoka, Clone Wars Rebels, you know, she was in The Mandalorian. Um, she's a fan favorite. Uh, you know, she's sort of a Filoni um, character. And um, so, you know, that was cool to see, even though she didn't do much. Um, and then you get back to Grogu and Luke Skywalker. And awesome. Luke, the way that he was done in this episode was just like miles away different than what how they did in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he looked way better. Uh, I noticed that like immediately I was like, he looks just like Mark Hamill. Uh, he sounds like Mark Hamill, which well, it was Mark Hamill. <laughs> well, no, it, well, see the but thing is could... it, it wasn't though. That's what's so impressive. Nobody voiced him. It, they used a software for that. Really? I did yeah, not know that. That was I not it. A... That was yeah. not a human voice. It was uh-huh. a software that they have that will imitate voices. Wow. Yeah. I was blown well, they away. they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They basically type in the dialogue and I, you know, I assume they pick the style of voice or uh, what voice to mimic and then they can, you know, mess with the sound waves to make it go up or, up or down, however they want to pronunciate everything. 
And it, yeah, nobody voiced him. That was just a software. Which I saw him awesome. listed in the credits. So I just, you know, instinctively thought that he, he did the voiceover and I was thinking, wow, he, whatever they did, he sounds uh, young. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they maybe listed him because they used his likeness. Yeah. Um, I would assume, um, you know, and I know that he was in the Mandalorian, you know, he did, he was, uh, I, I don't exactly, I'm not sure how they used him in the Mandalorian. I know he was the voice in that show, I think. Um, but then I've seen pictures of him in the, in the, in the dress up too, but I know that I don't think they put the face over his, maybe they did. I know they used, um, a younger guy to yeah. transpose his face onto because that guy was in the book of Boba Fett too. He was one of the X-Wing pilots who pulled over the Mandalorian in episode yeah. six. They used a, a um, body double. Right. Um, which maybe that guy just did the stunts. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was that was what was so impressive uh, to me was that he looked way better. Um, it really didn't suspend your disbelief at all. Mm-hmm. He sounded good, um, and it was just awesome. It was it was literally what all of us sort of grew up thinking about or wondering, like what happened to Luke after you know that time period right after Return of the Jedi, not necessarily down the road when he's older like in the sequels but what happened right after return of the jedi what did he do what was he doing you know and we sort of got that through video games or books or comics but it's so cool to see that play out on screen you know well um, and this is through this this show and you know the last season of mandalorian this is the, the luke skywalker i was hoping to get in the the sequel trilogy um, right and once once we do those, then we can talk about uh, disappointment in uh, what you was hoping the character was going to be. <laughs> but yeah. um, this is what I was hoping to get out of Luke Skywalker, and they are not disappointing. Uh, it was it was awesome. Yeah, and I'll say too, the what's cooler about it to me, even more so than it would have been in the sequel trilogy. What's cooler about it is, like I said, it's like he's he's still young. And it's still like young in his prime Luke. You know, he's just become a master not too long ago. I wanted to see him. I've always wanted to see him build that academy up. And now it looks like we're going to see that happen. You know, obviously we saw him. uh, They they were building the academy. And that's the academy that you see blown up in uh, The Last Jedi. That's Mm -hmm. the one that we all know Kylo Ren's going to rise up and destroy. Um but it's cool, yeah, like it's really cool to see him teaching, you know, a young uh, Jedi in training. And um, I hope we get more of that. You know, I'd love to get more of that. Well, there's um, discussions now, I've read, that uh, they are in talks or discussing a, a possible series, um, standalone series with him going through the Academy. Uh, yeah. And they just keep getting better, like you said, with the graphics and the technology. And I don't see, I mean, I it would be awesome. I, I would, I would definitely be on board with that. Well, I think there's a 100% chance that's going to happen at this point with the kind of reception they've had. Yeah. Um, and Favreau is kind of known as a fan pleaser. And, um, I think that that's like, that's a bad thing, but it's like, that's why you're here. And that's why you, where you are, where you are is because of the fans. So why would you not want to (laughs) 
pleasing. That's the point of doing what you're doing. Yeah, we could spend three hours going down that road with Star Wars fans. Listen, folks, Star Wars fans are just the hardest human beings in the world to please. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many articles I've read this week about how, um, you know, Star Wars has a Luke Skywalker problem, and you know, Luke Skywalker's just the person they pull out, or Luke Skywalker, or Darth Vader's the person they pull out when they want to make you. It's like you're seeing something shiny, and they're you know, and it, they they never take into account that it actually fits into the story very well. It's well written, um, and yeah, it's a fan pleaser, but <laughs> I'm not watching it on TV to not be pleased. You know, yeah. I like to be pleased. You know. <laughs> But it's just, that's sort of where we're at with Star Wars. If you don't, if you do something different, people hate it. If you give them what they want, there's still people that hate it. And that's just sort of where Star Wars is at nowadays. Well, um, it's Star Wars is a unique, um, I guess, property in that you've got the 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 tril- original trilogy from the late 70s, early 80s. You've got the prequel trilogy from the late nineties, early two thousands, and then the sequel trilogy from now. So you've got three different generations of people that think differently about the same property who like their versions of, of the property. And it's three completely different, um, different things, right? Each trilogy is, there are some similarities, but there's a lot of differences and you got three generations of people uh, it's hard to please. It, that's going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to please everybody. Right. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I, it's a very small percentage of people who have an issue with like the the Luke Skywalker thing. It's just the fact that anybody's complaining about it at all is kind yeah. of crazy. Because I don't, you know, I don't know what more you could ask for. Yeah, but how did you complain about Luke Skywalker? It was just awesome. Well, you know, there's just people out there who. You know, there's there's always been this faction of people who want to move away from the bigger characters of Star Wars because they say it shrinks the universe. And, you know, the universe is huge. Why can't we just tell stories about people who don't have anything to do with the Skywalkers? And there's always been that faction of people. And I just don't think that those people will ever understand that you, people are not going to be interested in it. Now, you had people interested in the Mandalorian who had mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. But at the same time, you know, it did sort of have something to do with that. Yeah. He had a small Yoda-like character, and we all knew at some point, the minute we saw that thing and saw that he was Force-sensitive, we thought, oh, Luke's showing up at some point. Yeah, And that's what kept people hooked, you know? And people mm-hmm. may say differently, but that's the truth of it. I remember the first time I saw that little thing use the Force, I was like, yeah, Luke's showing up in this show, and it's going to mm-hmm. be freaking awesome. And it was. It happened, and it was awesome. And, you know, so I, I, I'm cool with telling all these different stories and yeah, you don't, everything doesn't have to be like one of the, the saga films and be this huge epic, um, featuring, you know, one of the Skywalkers, but at the same time, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, giving fan service either. There, there, yeah. there just isn't, I've, I've always sort of been in that <laughs> camp that, um, you know, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like fan service at all, you know, I, I, I have a hard time believing you're a fan yeah. <laughs> because a fan would probably like fan service. Exactly. Uh, but it's neither, you know, we, like I said, we could go down that road for three or four hours, but well, um, I mean, 
I and I understand what you're saying about people, you know, not wanting to go to the old characters and saying that it shrinks the universe. Yeah, I, I get that, but uh, at the same time, all these uh, movies and shows are set in the same time frame, so it would be a disservice to me to not include these characters where you get to bring in new characters and merge them with the old ones. Now, if they want to truly get away from these characters, then do a, a series or movie in the old Republic. And I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, you're still probably going to get a, like a Yoda in that too, but, um, I like the universe. I'm all about the universe. I mean, I've, you know, read comics that didn't have anything to do with, the Skywalkers are, you know, some of the main legacy characters. I've read books like that. I've played video games like that that all en- I enjoyed. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with fan service for me if it works in the story. Yeah. If it if it's not just thrown in there, you know, and it and it actually works and it makes sense, like you said, it, if it's in the same time frame and it makes sense, then I'm, you know. I don't, I don't understand why people have to get, you know, all up in arms about it. And like I said, with this particular instance, it's a small group. It, it is a small group. Um, you know, most people are not on that train. But um, I will say, you mentioned about the show, though, if they do did like a, a Luke Skywalker show. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about like Sebastian Stan coming to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said that yeah, that'd probably be a good idea until... Um, they did stuff like this because this was so good and so well received mm-hmm. that I can't help but think if you recast the role, it would just be a step backwards. Yeah. Um, and Sebastian Stan's an incredible actor. Obviously, everybody knows him uh, from the the Marvel movies, or you know, he's got a new series out right now, the the uh, Pam and Tommy series, and and it looks like he's good in that. But um, great actor. He does look like a, a young Mark Hamill, but we've already seen something that's about as close to the real thing as you could get. Yeah. And so it would be really hard to take a step back. I understand that it would be really hard to do a whole show or a whole movie um, with that technology. I get that it would be, it would take a lot of time to get right. And there would be a lot of opportunities to mess it up. I, I understand that, but if you could pull it off, it would be epic. Um, You know, look how far they've come just since um, the Tarkin or the Leia appearance. Oh, absolutely. I know Um, that when we watched it the other night. Right. Which, I mean, I thought Tarkin was pretty good. I mean, it was not horrible. They kept him in some dark lighting and that kind of helped it. It, I didn't have an issue with that one. The Leia one was a little off. And and the Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian was a little off. It just didn't matter at the time because it was so cool. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it's bad. But when just when you compare um, the Luke we got in Boba Fett, when you p- compare him to what we got at the end of The Mandalorian, that's like world's difference. It's a and huge it's difference. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, this deep fake technology has completely changed the game. Like I told you the other night, I wouldn't be surprised if they outlaw this stuff, you know, at some <laughs> point in time. Uh, it's getting so good. But I'll well, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and like you said, Sebastian Stan does look um, eerily like a, a, a young Mark Hamill. But I think, in my opinion, that immersion is going to be totally broke when he opens his mouth. If he doesn't sound just like Mark Hamill, because Mark Hamill's not, I mean, you know, he's a voice actor. 
you know that voice. And we heard it uh, in that last episode. I think that immersion is going to be broken. Just like, uh, I know this is uh, a little bit different. It's not exactly apples to apples, but the uh, the solo movie, I just could not get into it. Number one, yeah, he didn't look anything like him, uh, nor did he sound like him. Uh, so that just completely broke for me that that immersion um, of it of of that character. So Sebastian Stan does look like him, but unless he also sounds like him, I think that that immersion is going to be broken. And for me, it wouldn't just it would not work as well. So me personally, I would rather have the the de aging technology and whatever software they're using. It worked for me, so. I mean, it fooled me, obviously, <laughs> with the voice. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be different for different people. I think at this point, though, like I said, you've already done it and caught everybody's attention, and it would be hard to go backwards from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it was like with the Solo movie, like you were talking about. I didn't have as much issue buying into it. I, it For me... I just didn't love that movie because I didn't think it was very interesting. Uh, it's, it's not really a movie that I cared much about before it was made, uh, to be honest. But uh, like you said, we'll get into that one down the road. I, I think that, like I said, I think some people are going to be different. But now you've, like I said, you've made it so much more worse on yourself because of how you've shown it. Yeah. So there would be people who would have bought it before. I mean, everybody was jumping on the Sebastian Stan train before the the end of the Mandalorian. Everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do it," you know. So I think some people, or a lot of people, probably would have enjoyed it just to see, you know, any iteration of Luke Skywalker. But like I said, now at this point, you've made it so much harder on yourself because yeah. almost anybody's going to be like, "Well, this is a step back," you know. I can't, I can't yeah. really believe this guy's Luke Skywalker now that I've seen. What is like I said, the, about as close as you can get to the, to the real thing. Right. Um, but uh, getting back on track here, like I said, he you know he was training Grogu. Obviously, the Mandalorian wanted to give him um, the the chainmail armor that he had had made from the Beskar spear, um, and Ahsoka pretty much talks him out of it. Says you know if you go see him, it's just going to make this that much harder on him. You know, obviously he's not supposed to have attachments and. Um, so the Mandalorian goes back and prepares for this battle with the, um, the, the syndicate. Um, and then that sort of leads us, uh, we, we also get a Cobb Vanth appearance at the first beginning, uh, actually the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. which he's become a character I've really liked, honestly. Yep. Um, he's very much like a shit, you know, a marshal of a, it's, it's like you said, it's very much like an old Western, a marshal of a town and, um, uh, you know, he's obviously got a problem with the syndicate and, you know, the, the Mandalorian sort of talks him into gathering people to help fight. Um, and then you get a Cad Bane appearance, which is like something that everybody's been talking about. Everybody's been wondering if it was going to happen. Just like Ahsoka, Cad Bane is one of those animated series fan favorites. People have been wanting to see him. When I saw that you know, shadow in the desert of a guy with that hat walking. I knew it was him immediately. And he was really cool. He came off as very, um, uh, I guess like a scary character. Like you were afraid of him, you know, cause he was just like, 
you know, basically warning the marshal to stay out of it. And then obviously he shoots the marshal and the deputy because of the deputy. And, uh, and I don't think Cobb Vanth is dead. I, I, I don't think he is. Uh, but now it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with Cad Bane and how he plays into this. Um, and then you sort of close out the episode. Obviously, the syndicate blows up that bar. And then you close out the episode with Luke basically taking out what was another cool appearance, Yoda's lightsaber, which we now know Luke has had you know, ever since Yoda passed. And he basically takes that in the chainmail armor and lays it all out in front of Grogu and gives him an ultimatum. You got to choose one or the other. And that's where we're left off. I freaking loved this episode. Yeah. I freaking loved it. Chad, you and I last Tuesday night were, we were playing a game. It came time for the Mandalorian. I mean, the, the new episode of Boba Fett to come out. I got off. I watched it. I was just sitting here in the middle of the night, you know, like a, four-year-old on christmas morning i love yeah, you texted me yeah i love to watch it now <laughs> stop whatever you're doing if you're a, if you're asleep get up this, yeah it was all i mean it was incredible i was like i just did not expect this and was it a lot of fan service yes it was but it worked in the story it was incredibly cool to see, and it was just a lot of what I describe as big Star Wars moments. There's mm-hmm. just these big Star. There was stuff in there like when Luke climbed the bamboo, and him and Grogu were overlooking, and he was telling him about the balance of the Force, and you hear the Force theme rising up behind him, or him telling uh, you know Grogu about Master Yoda, and you hear Yoda's theme. This is the kind of stuff I live for right there. That's just <laughs> Star Wars perfection that's masterpiece yep. stuff um i loved this episode and i'm so excited for the new one chad what were your thoughts on book of boa fett episode six? Oh, it couldn't get any better uh it was oh gosh i was so excited uh at the finale uh of season two of the mandalorian last year when luke showed up like i said this is the luke that i've been I've been waiting for that. I was hoping they were going to do when Disney got the property and was going to start investing in it and coming out with new stuff. That's what I was hoping for. And we'll get into those other movies later at some point, but that episode, that season finale and this past episode, that is that, that did it for me. Um, and like you said, even bringing in the, the new characters, you know, with, uh, 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 the Mandalorian and going back to uh, to the town and uh, when uh, uh, Cad Bane came up, you know, I'd, I'd read that um, George Lucas, when he created that character, he modeled him after uh, Lee Van Cleef's character in uh, Good and the Bad and the Ugly, which yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all time. And once I read that, I was like, absolutely, you can definitely tell the similarities there. And I love that character in that movie. Uh, so I can't wait to see what happens, uh, in the season finale, uh, coming up. I, it's, there's all these story arcs are going to merge. The only thing that I was so disappointed in, um, was they blew up the cantina band. Man. <laughs> hey, I've saw a lot of people say, uh, but some of them look like they weren't there. They got out of there. So they may have only got a couple of them. Well, if uh, if Boba Fett can crawl out of the Sarlacc and Darth Maul can get cut in half and all of them can can, can survive, the Cantina Band can survive this. 
Oh yeah, just get a few droid parts in them; they'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be great to see all these. Hopefully, all these uh, story arcs merge and and resolve. Like you said, uh, it, it it may not. We uh, Grogu, uh, we may it may carry over to next season. We don't know, um, but it might. We'll we'll see. And and having said that, uh, do you have any predictions for this? Uh, for this next episode, do you think we'll have uh, an appearance by Luke Skywalker, or do you think we'll have an appearance by another uh, Star Wars favorite, one of my favorites? What do you think is going to happen? Well, so I'm I'm on the belief that I think Grogu is going to take the armor and go back to the Mandalorian. I think that he's been scarred by the way of the Jedi, similar to kind of how you see Luke in uh like the you know the last jedi i think grogu's he went through the order 66 and to be honest with you like luke says i don't know if his heart's in it and it could be because of um he's just attached to the mandalorian but you saw luke have to shake his memory have to actually bring those memories back and i think Mm -hmm. a big reason for that is because he suppressed those memories because he wanted to forget them Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he was young, but still, um, so I think he's, I think part of him is scorned by the Jedi, the whole Jedi thing. And I think that he's going to take that armor and I think he's going to go back to the Mandalorian, uh, personally. And I think that'll set up for the Mandalorian season three. Um, and everybody will be excited for that. Um, if you're Luke though, do you just let a force user walk away like that? I don't know. It seems kind of dangerous. <laughs> might need to... Might need to take out little old Grogu. Uh, He could grow up to be dangerous. Uh, But, um, so yeah, I think he's going to do that. Um, Will Luke be in the next episode? So I sort of thought maybe, maybe he'll take Grogu back to the Mandalorian, realize that the Mandalorian's in this all-out war, and then jump into the war. I think that would be cool. Now, that's sort of my own hope (laughs) not as much as a prediction as i think that would be really cool to see is it a new Um, hope (laughs) it is (laughs) um but the talk of the town i I, don't ask me why people think that i don't know the talk of the town is that han solo is going to be in this this next episode i i'm not really sure where that came from now i know harrison ford was apparently filmed something at lucasfilm for one of the star wars projects Mm mm-hmm some people speculated it may be Mandalorian season three. Some people speculated it may be this because obviously he has a history with Boba Fett. Um, so will it be, I don't know. Um, but it makes me wonder what even have to do that because obviously for this, they would have to de-age him like they did Mark Hamill. And and I think they would de-age him for that for this last episode. Well, see, that's well. See, I think they would. I think they would just do what they did uh, for Luke, whereas they would just deep fake his face onto another actor. And I, I think maybe if he was there, he was just recording voiceover work for it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're not using the the speech technology for him. He's at. They're actually going to use his voice and maybe de-age his voice a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like I like I said, I'm literally just speculating. Again, I'm not really sure why people think he's going to be in it, but it's pretty like 
at this point, it's like people are expecting him to be in it. So yeah. maybe he will, and maybe it'll be awesome. I'm sure it will if he if he is. Um, I th- see. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not sure what the timeline is like between here and um uh, between here and the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it lines up. I'm not sure how old Ben Solo was in the sequel trilogy. I don't know if they ever said that. I would not be shocked if at some point after Grogu chooses to go with the Mandalorian, if you get like a Ben Solo appearance as just like a small kid and you see Luke take him in and that's going to be his first student. I would like in order to do that, you might have, you might actually have like a Han and Leia appearance in the show, which would be hard to pull off. But, um, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm literally just speculating and they may save that kind of thing for a Luke Skywalker project. Like you, you were talking about, um, this is the the only thing about this though is that you have built this feels like it should be the middle of the season like you've built yeah. this whole war up and now there's one episode left yeah which makes me think it's not going to be resolved it makes me think that this is going to lead into something else um so i don't know but yeah as far as like predictions um that's pretty much all I've come up with. I mean, what what are your thoughts? If you had to really guess, what would you say about the finale? Well, I don't know what I would guess. I know what I hope. And if they, in this episode, if we have uh, a young Skywalker in his prime, along with uh, a young Han and Chewie, my head is going to explode. <laughs> yeah, it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> it will be, be epic. Cool. Um, I don't know that we would get that. I mean that is that's that would be pretty epic. Um, again, I, I I don't know if they would do that. If they did, it would be completely awesome. And like you said, there there is a lot of speculation that Han's going to be in this. Um, and there, I, like you said, I had heard it as well that uh, he had he had done something at the studio uh, for one of these seasons or or for something at least. Uh, and, and they've already had Luke in there, so. Uh, why not just bring them all together in this season finale? It would just, uh, it would definitely build up for the next season, I think. Well, and I also wouldn't be incredibly shocked if we just don't see Luke and Grogu again in this last episode and they oh, pick that, that storyline back up at, yeah. in The Mandalorian. And I could like totally I, see that as well. Yeah, as much as you have to resolve, I wouldn't be shocked. But the, again, I after episode five, I thought that was going to be the last time we saw the Mandalorian I heard about Grogu for the rest of the season. And I was totally wrong about that. So I, I literally just have no idea what they're going to do, but yeah, there's a lot of things you can do again. How does Cad Bane factor into this? Is he going to show up in the last episode? It would be cool to see him and like the Mandalorian fight or him and, you know, Boba Fett fight. I think um, it's a pretty good chance of that happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about what all, could happen and uh i'm really excited about it um really really excited about it uh you know just uh just to see how this shakes out and it's it's really engaged me the last couple of episodes it's really uh it's really good star wars right now it's really good star wars content 
it's a good direction they're going with it and uh, i'm interested to see what happens all right before uh we move into empire strikes back uh you got any other thoughts no uh i can't wait for this next episode um and i i'll be honest i really really like the way um that these series are going i'm really enjoying i can't wait for the obi-wan series to come out you know and, and all the others um in fact uh, I think I prefer the series uh, over the movies. You you get to explore a lot more things in depth. You get more content. Uh, you get content sooner. So uh, to me, I, I'm really enjoying the series, and I can't wait for the uh, for the season finale to see what happens. I mean, they they I, I didn't think the last season season two they were going to be able to top it with Luke coming in. So they're gonna you would you would think that. Uh, they would do something really big to end the season. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm sort of a hybrid guy on the show movie. I like when shows lead into theatrical movies, mm-hmm. you know, cause I still like star Wars on the big screen too. I like to see the big logo and hear the John Williams score. And oh get yeah, the, yeah. The big theatrical, but I love the shows too. I, I think it'd be cool to do a lot like Marvel's doing right now you know tell these smaller build-up stories on the small screen and then put out the movies yeah. you know that'd be really cool if they want to do that but yeah we're um we, we're gonna we're gonna get into the finale after it comes out um so we're really looking forward to it and now we're gonna move into the empire strikes back but before we do that right quick guys uh just a reminder we're on um apple podcast we're on spotify we're on Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music. We're on. Um, we're working on Stitcher. Uh, I've got the podcast on there, but uh, none of the episodes are uploaded yet. I've actually had some issues with it, but we're working on it. And we're also on TuneIn Radio, so there's a lot of different ways you can listen to us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter. Just you know, look up Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes. You'll see our logo. Same on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're on we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And right now on Facebook and Instagram, for about the last week, we've been running a giveaway. We're giving away a Blu-ray of Ghostbusters Afterlife. The contest ends uh, this week. It ends this Wednesday, I believe, and then that's when we will announce the winner. Um, Make sure you like the uh, the post, like the page, and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, just shoot me a message. Shoot us a message uh, through either Facebook or Instagram, and we'll work out another way uh, that you can enter uh, for that last step. But that those are the qualifications. Again, you can find that post uh, for the giveaway on our Facebook or Instagram page at Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes. Uh, we've got a lot of entries on it right now. Um, and I also wanted to say the podcast has kind of blown up in like the last couple of m- months or so, which is pretty awesome. You mm-hmm. know, Absolutely. We, it's like we've, we've, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, all of a sudden just a lot of people started listening. So that's really cool. We really appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So it's going to be fun. All right. Moving into Empire, the Empire Strikes Back. This is uh, the follow-up to the original Star Wars, uh, released in 1980. Uh, this is directed by Irvin Kershner, written by Lee Brackett, Lawrence Kasdan, and uh, George Lucas. Um, and this is picking up. Uh, 
not too long after uh, the original Star Wars. And like I said at the top, this is what a lot of people consider to be the best Star Wars movie or their favorite. Um, this is one I was looking forward to. This is obviously like when you think of Star Wars and you think of like Vader and Luke and, you know, Yoda, Luke training on Dagobah, like this is all this movie, right? This is where a lot of big moments come from. You think about the Battle of Hoth, you know, there's just so much that you you think about like the first um, uh, time you see Boba Fett, you know, in a movie. And it comes from this, and you know, obviously Han getting fro- frozen in the in the uh, and put on uh, the Boba Fett ship and taking the Jabba. I mean, it all happens here. So this is a, a huge movie for the Star Wars universe. Um, this is a movie that I can remember watching, n- not vividly for the first time, but I do remember. It. I remember I had seen. Um, like I had mentioned before, I had seen the prequels first or specifically the Phantom Menace. Then I watched the original star Wars. Then I remember going to the, the store, the, the, uh, uh, movie rental store. It wasn't a blockbuster. It was a local, small local store. Um, and getting the VHS tapes of empire strikes back and return of the Jedi and watching them back to back. And I remember loving these movies and, um, yeah, I mean, The Empire Strikes Back is just a movie that I absolutely love. Um, it's it's one of the more fun Star Wars movies to watch for a lot of different reasons. Um, Chad, right off the top, of the, uh, you know, what what sort of give your thoughts right off the top on, on this movie? And uh, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Um, and, you know, how does it compare for you to uh, the, the first one, the, the original Star Wars? I be honest, I can't remember the first time I watched it. It's 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 like Ghostbusters and some of these others. It's just always been there. Um, but it I'm in that same camp that uh, it is my favorite. Uh, I like the my the the uh, original trilogy is my favorite of the of the trilogies, uh, and within that trilogy, uh, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie. I do like A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, but Empire Strikes Back just uh, rings the bell with me. It's it's just cool. I did like like I said, I, I do like A New Hope. Uh, you know, it was new uh, introduction, all these characters and the storyline and uh, just all the cool stuff in it. But uh, this one kind of uh, kicked it up a notch. Um, and I do like uh, Return of Jedi. There was a lot of cool things in there too. There, there was some of it, uh, and I'm sh- we'll, we'll cover that movie too, so I won't get into it. But uh, Empire Strikes Back was just uh, it was it for me. Uh, of all the movies, uh, this was this was the best. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was it was just it was it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things about this movie, you know, right off the top is just from a making of the movie standpoint Mm -hmm. is that something that is really you don't hear of a lot. George Lucas, you know, paid for this whole thing by himself, Yeah, um, which is really cool if you think about it. I mean, that just again, that doesn't happen, but it paid off so big for him, obviously. Um, And. 
and so it's really cool to see a director who writes something and not, a, I guess, you know, he didn't direct this one, but he, you know, he wrote it. And so to see a writer want to stick to what he's written so much so that he's just going to bankroll the whole thing. That's really awesome. And I think that the, the movie obviously, uh, you know, it, it, it is better because of it. Yeah. And, um, and that's really cool. So, you well, know, I you see, the, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, uh, I'd read that, uh, he, uh, actually did these movies. Uh, one of the goals of these movies is so that he could be independent of, uh, uh, of Hollywood so that he could do his own thing. And, you know, if you're paying for it, you make what content you want. Yeah. George Lucas, uh, famously sort of has a, a massive dislike of movie studios <laughs> and, uh, you know, which is kind of funny for the guy who made Star Wars, you know, because movie studios, it's sort of, that's a, a big project like Star Wars is sort of right up their alley, you know. Um, it's what they, it's the kind of thing they look for. Um, but I just, I've always thought that was interesting. You know, I've known that for a long time, but I've always thought that was interesting. Um, you know, right off the top of the bat, you get Luke, who is very different um, in this movie from the very beginning than he was at any point in a new hope. And it shows the growth that he's made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's obviously, he knows the, the ways of the Jedi hadn't really been taught much yet. And, you know, except for what little he was taught by Obi-Wan before he died. And, but when the movie kicks off, he's a little, He's not a Jedi yet, but he he knows more than he did, uh, you know, at the end of the original um, uh, Star Wars. So, you know, there is that that interesting point of that progression. And obviously, during this movie, we see a big progression um, between him, Obi-Wan and Yoda. Um, Obviously, he looks different, you know, as famously Mark Hamill was in a car accident that altered his appearance. So he does look quite a bit different. you know, uh, in the face and, um, and well, a lot it's, it's, of people thought that, uh, that they did that scene, um, because of the scars on his face, but I'd heard, or I'd read that they, that that was already planned and that, uh, the scars were gone with that. You know, you wasn't really noticeable, but uh, I could, to me, I felt like I could see the scars, um, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, you know, before he was attacked. So yeah, that I think they use that that uh, the Wampa or whatever it was, the ice monster attacking him is like an excuse to say. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's you know he is, it's apparent before it happens, you know, that he's different. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it is interesting though to see the the continuation of the progression of the character. You saw it in a new hope from the beginning of the movie to the end, but it takes quite a jump here um which is um interesting and um obviously this movie kicks in high gear you know pretty much right off the bat with the uh the battle of hoth and um which is always really cool i always thought it was really cool that you know in the original star wars you had spent time on tatooine tatooine and like most Eisley, and then the millennium falcon and the death star and then in this movie, you kick off, you know, in uh, in the snow, and you know, you kick off in this big snow planet, which is cool just to see the different, um, 
landscapes of Star Wars. You know, anytime you can see something new um, is really cool. Um, which Lovely. I believe they shot in like Norway, I think, yes. for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was always really cool to me. Just seeing the different, just you know, another example of a different landscape. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So the the biggest thing about this movie is Luke. I mean, uh, excuse me, Vader discovering uh, that obviously he is the father of Luke. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, there was a time and a place where people didn't know Luke was, you know, Vader's son. It's so known in the, in pop culture. I mean, you were talking about your, your little boy watching it for the first time, like today Mm -hmm. and not knowing it and how blown away he was. I mean, you know, it's crazy to think that that was like the biggest spoiler in the world at one point in time, (laughs) you know? Um, and this sort of, you know, this sort of leads into that and, 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 you know, George Lucas sort of moving away from what he originally had planned, um, the, the role of Darth Vader to be in, in, into being, you know, the father of Luke Skywalker, which obviously now, as we know, has just changed the face of Star Wars and created this whole, um, you know, family aspect to it. But, um, yeah, and so you get that, and you get, uh, obviously, like I said, a Force ghost in Obi-Wan, which is now, as we know, is a regular thing of Star Wars, but at the time, you know, it was cool to see that, the beginnings of that, you know, and uh, you get this um, this character of Yoda, who is so, you know, obviously a Frank Oz puppet, mm-hmm. um, uh, but is so, uh, you know, it's odd to look at him, you know, if you'd never really seen uh you know if you've never seen these movies before it's odd to look at him and think you know this guy was a jedi master kind of like luke was saying you know um but you get the awesome scenes with like him lifting the uh the x-wing out of the swamp and stuff and there's just so much about this movie that's it's really cool and and this movie's always worth the watch um what in your in your opinion what about the story is sort of is something that sticks out to you um, is something that you really love in terms of the differences in between this and the original star Wars. Like what part of this story um, do you think uh, sticks out to you the most? You really see the maturing of Luke in this and a new hope. I feel like he was, he was a young kid. I don't want to say immature or obnoxious, but there were times you know, you could tell he hadn't he hadn't been away from the from the farm very much. Uh, in this one, you could definitely tell there was some maturing, some growth. Uh, he was uh, a different, not a different character, but you know, not necessarily, but uh, a more mature, uh, wiser character. I feel like you know he's 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 starting to come into his own here. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect, and then uh, going to Dagobah to, to seek out Yoda. Didn't, you know, never been there before. Doesn't even really know who he's looking for all other than he's looking for Yoda. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds this creature that is just this uh, zany, uh, crazy character that seems like this uh, senile old, <laughs> old guy. And he's like, yeah, oh, wow, you're, you're wasting my time. I'm here to, to find a Jedi master. And then turns out, oh, this is him. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. And, you know, when, when they first did that, uh, George Lucas was, was so impressed with Frank Oz's, um, I guess, acting that he spent his own money to go campaign uh, for Frank Oz to get an Oscar uh, for his performance. But people didn't consider uh, puppeteers to be actors, so uh, he didn't get it. And uh, George Lucas was so upset, and Frank Oz didn't even care. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but one thing it, it 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 it's it's funny when you listen to uh, uh, to Yoda at, at certain times, and now this is probably far fetched, but. To me, I caught this. At certain times, it just sounds like uh, sounds like Grover from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was it was great. I love the again the practical effects. You know, this was a time before all the CGI and all the computer graphics and all this stuff. And you know, you had the puppet, um, and it, it wasn't a cheesy puppet. There's been some. Movies during during uh, you know during the eighties that yeah it didn't it didn't look great and it you know wasn't the best but this one this they did a, an excellent job on this one so, yeah it was good uh, I, you know the I think the puppet they originally used in the Phantom Menace was not great mm-hmm. and then obviously they went back later and and digitized him uh, throughout all of the prequels and in the in the Last Jedi he he was similar to how he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which was pretty good, yeah. But like you said, it were it really does work. And if you think about that, um, it's kind of like we talked about in the last episode. There's a lot of there's a, so many bold choices in Star Wars. It's shocking that it ever worked. Mm-hmm. And then you got like that, like this character of Yoda could have easily not worked. Oh yeah, you know. And you're trying to like take him seriously. It's the crazy thing. It's like this Jedi Master and teaching Luke, and you're excuse me, you're relying on him to, um, you're relying on him to really progress Luke's training. Mm -hmm. And so it's very interesting that you put that all on the shoulders of this, you know, puppeteer character, uh, (laughs) who speaks, you know, in these crazy riddles. And like you said, sounds like a Sesame street character. Uh, but it somehow works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yoda's one of the coolest characters in all of Star Wars, and it's it, that's insane. But it, again, it's a testament to the writing of, of George Lucas. Oh, yeah. One thing when I think about, and I already sort of spoke uh, about this a little bit with Hoth, but one thing I think about with the, the Empire Strikes Back is how this movie really expands the universe from a set you know, perspective. You know, like I said, in the original, you get... Tatooine, you get the Falcon, you get the the Bar in Mos Eisley, you get uh, the Death Star, and I think you get Yavin Four, and that's pretty much it. And that sounds like a lot, but really in the scope in the scope of Star Wars, that's not a lot. But in this one, you get you know you get some more big ships with the Rebels, and you get Hoth, and you get Dagobah, and how cool that set is, and you get um, uh, more of the uh, the Death Star obviously you get uh bespin you know or cloud city um and there's just a lot of these really cool landscapes that opens up the universe of star wars which is so cool you get to see all these different places and um and so that's always been something i really loved about this movie how it really opened up you know the universe quite a bit and and you see all these different places and you know i think about you know even like uh 
when the Falcon, you know, when they land inside that giant space worm, you know, and you get mm-hmm. like a setting like that. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that. Um, and then, you know, we've talked a lot about Luke, but you obviously have, you know, Leia and Hein back and the progression of their characters, you know, Hein is a lot different, not really personality wise, but he's a lot different in terms of character than he was in the original where in that one, you know, he was just a spice runner who, you know, happened to get caught up in, you know, this galactic war between the rebels and the, and the empire. And he turns into a hero at the end. And this one, he's, uh, I believe he's a general, right? Is, is he not a I general so. already? Um, I, I believe at the yeah Battle of Hoth, I think I, I think they did refer to him as, as general. Which you know, you yeah. think about that, it's like, uh, yeah, he's he's already a general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like who? Uh, do they just hand these uh, these ranks out? <laughs> I mean, I know he. You know, there's been some lot, soldiers but... who have been there since like the start of the rebellion. Who are like, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> like, general... sen- seniority not mean anything to you people. <laughs> um, that guy shoots away Darth Vader one time, and you guys just give him everything. <laughs> Um, it's like the good old boy system. Are your buddies or generals? Yeah, this seems like a conflict of interest. If I'm just saying, <laughs> um, I'm looking at you, Leia. Uh, but uh, was she a yeah, general so, at that time? Because she is in the in the sequel trilogies, right? I think I don't remember is. if she was if she was called general in 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 that movie or not. Uh, let me check the, um, the cast list and see if it has, no, just Princess Leia. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what they have her listed as. I forget if she is or not. Um, I'm sure I could find it here somewhere, but I, I want to say she was, she was a general as well at the beginning of this movie. I'm surprised I I don't know that. I'd be like. Han gets is a general, and I'm not a general. Of course, he didn't get a medal at the in a New Hope either, though, did he? Because he he just gets oh. left out of everything. That's one of the best things I think about, uh, like the rise of Skywalker when he at the end when he finally gets that medal, and and even though he doesn't have a lot of expression, you can see it on his face. It's like finally, <laughs> about time. All my friends are dead, but I'm okay because I got this medal. <laughs> It's like, I, I wish uh, Han and Leia were still alive only so I could rub it in their faces. <laughs> Look what I got. Um, but yeah, I, I can't find it. But I think she was. I, yeah. I believe she was. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously in the original Star Wars, we saw, um, you know, uh, Han's confrontation with uh, Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he owes Jabba the Hutt some money. Well, in this one, Jabba the Hutt comes a calling through the character of Boba Fett, um, which is, you know, has just always been a fan favorite character. And that's kind of crazy, you know, if you think about it. Um, I know that his story was progressed upon in the sequels and sort of how he came to be. You know, he's a clone and, you know, the son of Jango Fett and, you know, uh, and then, like I said, you get the the comics and the books and the video games and stuff like that that expanded uh, on that character in the in the expanded universe. Um, but it is crazy how he became such a fan favorite character uh, through 
um, you know, just small appearances in, you know, this movie and in Return of the Jedi. Um, but he is just one of those characters that like everybody loves, obviously betrayed, uh, here by Jeremy Bullock. Um, and you know, he is a guy who, I think one reason why people have always loved the character Boba Fett is because he seems to be like the only person who's not afraid of Vader. Yeah. You know, he basically just tells Vader (laughs) straight to his face like that's Hey, that's not the deal we made, you know? Whereas most people would be terrified to say something like that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so you get the introduction of that character. He, he obviously, uh, takes Han captive and freezes him in the, the carbonite and, um, you know, gets his bounty on him and, uh, and you've got, uh, you know, the only reason he got him is because Han was betrayed by another new character, Lando Calrissian, uh, who is an old friend of Han who originally owned the Falcon. Obviously we get that backstory in the, the solo movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just a lot more going on in this movie. I say all that to say this. There's a lot more going on in this movie, right? You got the original Star Wars, which there was a lot going on there, but it was a pretty straightforward story, right? You got Farm Boy gets caught up with this old, you know, Jedi, you know, in the middle of the desert by where he lives. And that he takes him on a journey to the Death Star where he rescues a princess and you know flies on you know under the the flag of the rebels flies you know and and goes on this mission and blows up the death star and you know if you really think about it compared to all the other star wars movies it's pretty straightforward you know cut and dry uh and this one obviously opens up like i said opens up the world a little bit more um out of all these new characters you know like i mentioned yoda uh uh, Lando, Boba Fett, uh, you get the Emperor for the first time in this movie. Um, what was your favorite? I mean, and I, I'm not really taking into, a, into account everything that's happened after this movie, but just specifically for this movie, which one of those new introductions was your favorite? Mm. I, well, that's a hard one. I think I would probably have to go with Yoda. Yeah. I think I would too. Boba Fett's cool. I mean, he didn't get just a ton of screen time, but uh, I yeah, I like Yoda. I'm gonna say this, and some people are about to turn this off <laughs> after I say this. <laughs> some of you are about to be offended. I don't know where you're going with this, so. <laughs> and I want to say that Chad is 100 totally in agreement with me on this before I even say it. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. My opinion only. I have never understood like this infatuation with Boba Fett based off of these movies. I've no, never I agree. gotten it. I, will, I, I agree with that. I, I think he was just this tiny character. And George Lucas has said though, said so himself. It's like meant to be a nobody, mm-hmm. just a bounty hunter. And like, he just exploded and has become this huge character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of leads back to, like I talked about, people's disappointment with the show. It was like, I guess one of the reasons I wasn't disappointed is because he's just not really been a massive character to me. You know, it's cool. His story is cool. Don't get me wrong. The idea of a bounty hunter is cool. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I've just never gotten the the infatuation with him. Like I said, I mean, yeah, he, he does 
come off as like a fearless guy, but I imagine there's a lot of bounty hunters like him out there, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you see a few of them like Bosk and, you know, people like that in this movie, um, that Vader's looking at to hire. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, just a ton of dialogue, you know, we get a, we see him a little bit in empire strikes back. We see a little bit in return of the Jedi. Then he goes into the Sarlacc pit. Um, he looks cool. His outfit is cool. Maybe that's it. And he's got a jet pack. Uh, but other than that in character development, there's not any, I mean, why don't we have a, a book of Greedo, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've actually <laughs> seen some like, uh, funny like videos on like Instagram and stuff of people making fun of all these people who are like infatuated with Boba Fett. It's like, uh, they're like showing a scene like in return of the Jedi where it's just like, he, picks up and aims his blaster when uh, Leia pulls out that grenade, you know, when she's dressed as the bounty hunter and he like raises his blaster and this guy's like making fun of people saying, Oh, look, look how awesome that was. Look how smooth he raised that blaster. Oh yeah. Boba Fett is awesome. You know? And it's like, but that's really how people are. I mean, and it, and it's been my whole life. People have been obsessed with the character of Boba Fett and I'm not saying he's not cool. He obviously he's cool. I'm just like, I don't know why people like identified that one character yeah. who I always thought of was like, you know, it, when, whenever I heard people say that, I'm like, did you see how easy he died in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> like he literally died by accident when obviously now we know he didn't die, but still, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, I remember growing up, you know, I, I had friends that, uh, one in particular that, and this is before all this stuff came, you know, all the new content came out that their favorite uh, character was, was Boba Fett. Yeah. Like really of all these characters, that's your favorite. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, I've, I'll say even now, uh, I like the Mandalorian better than I do. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I do too. That's blasphemy for a lot of people. I'm sure. But to me, he's just cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. It's just based on what I've seen, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Boba Fett was popular because the idea of a bounty hunter was cool, but yeah. also because he just looked cool. Yeah. I think the that's a big part cool. of it. Yeah. I think the, the, the blaster with the, the, uh, the, the rocket launcher on his back with the, yeah. you know, the, Oh, just all that cool stuff and, you know, like a flamethrower on his wrist. Yeah. yeah. The look, his ship. I mean, I think all of that is just like, has what is what led into it. And part of it, now look, I want to give credit where credit's due. Part of it is because this is the guy who helped capture Han Solo, who, you know, we built up as this great character. Yeah. And, um, and so that's part of it too, I'm sure. But, uh, I didn't mean to turn this into a Boba Fett attack. I just, I just wanted to mention, I I've never really understood why people like you're saying people who are like, he's my favorite character. I'm like, really? Like you watched Vader and Luke yeah. and Yoda. And like, you, you know, you've seen all Han these characters hey, Han, and like, that's your favorite character, but no, to each his own. Um, <laughs> you, like I said, you also get Lando who's new, who, uh, you know, he's got a big personality and, you know, he's like a ladies man and instantly takes to Leia uh, and then, you know, pretty much instantly betrays Han. <laughs> because, you know, the, 
I guess basically because he had to, you know, you know, Vader and the, the empire showed up and basically forced his hand to have to do it. Um, uh, which he redeems himself, you know, he, he, does. he redeems and himself. I, I agree. You know, he, I, I feel like he, he didn't really have a choice in that matter, but at the, at the same time, even if he did had a, had a, have a choice, look at the crowds. I'm sure that Han was running with before he met, uh, Luke and, and, uh, Obi-Wan. I'm sure they were not the most reputable uh, group. So you can't really be surprised <laughs> that, you know, they would do things that, you know, stab you in the back. But. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to remember he's a, he was a spice runner. So yeah. <laughs> like you see with the syndicate uh, in the Boba Fett show, that's what Han was doing. Uh, so, you know, and, and don't forget, he shot Greedo right in the face. And it <laughs> and was shot un- first. unprompted. <laughs> he did. That was the original intention of the character. Um, so, he yeah, I mean, <laughs> Greedo. <laughs> Old Greedo. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Greedo was just doing a job. That poor man. <laughs> I see why uh, uh, George Lucas changed it, man. That was awful. That guy was just doing what he was told. Um, yeah, but like you said, it, it, you know, it's not that far fetched to see, you know, Lando betray him like that. I, I do think his hand was forced quite a bit, but like yeah. you said, you know, he, yeah, they didn't have the best reputation, a uh, bunch, you know, Han's friends. So there's that part of it as well. Um, like I said, this is really the movie where you see uh, the training of Luke Skywalker, learning through Yoda, through the ghost of Obi Wan. Um, you know, learning about the force and how the force works. And it's so cool to see, you know, his uh, 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 X-Wing has sunk into the swamp and he just does not believe he can get it out. And, you know, and up to this point, you still don't know what Yoda's capable of. You still think this little frog is just bossing (laughs) him around and he has done nothing. And then all of a sudden he just raises the whole thing out of the swamp and sets it down like it's easy, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, basically just spitting wisdom at Luke the whole time. And, um, and this is what really convinces Luke, you know, that he can, he can learn this stuff, you know, it's just gonna, he's gonna have to work hard for it. And you obviously get the first face to face battle between Luke and Vader here. Um, which is really cool. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting, you know, after the prequels to realize, well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So Obi-Wan tells Luke, obviously in a new hope that, um, the lightsaber he's given him used to belong to his father, who we, we know at this point, uh, or we, I guess we don't know when they're fighting, but we know by the end of the movie, it, you know, his father, his father is Vader or Anakin. Um, so it is interesting that he's fighting Vader with his own lightsaber, essentially, you know, his old mm-hmm. lightsaber. Um, and Luke, I don't know. Would you say Luke holds his own in the fight? I guess he does for the most part. Um, yeah. He, yeah. Or he's very or, defensive. Or is Vader just playing with him. <laughs> is well, he, there's is part of that too. Him? Yeah. Cause he, I mean, he doesn't want to kill him. Is he gauging obviously. what, you know, what, what can he do? I'm not just going to kill him right out. Let's see. Let's see what he can. Let's see what he can do. Well, Vader's whole thing, from pretty much, 
I want to say... So I know in Return of the Jedi, that's when the Emperor starts talking about, like, strike me down. You know, he's saying that to Luke. But I'm pretty sure by, like, this point, Vader's already thinking, you know, let's kill the Emperor and we'll be the Sith. Right. Because that's sort of what Sith do, right? There's always, they have the rule of two. There can't be more than two. No, You know, no more, no less. And <laughs> kind of the fate of a Sith is that you're going to train somebody and the last test of their training is to kill you. Yeah. And then they take over. It's a faulty system at best. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> you know you've trained. Yeah, you know you've trained your learner, you know, well, when they kill you and take over, that's how you succeed at being a Sith. I don't know how this system got put in place, but that's how it is. Um, so he's already thinking, you know, join me, obviously, mm-hmm. and we'll take over. Right. And he says it, right? Right, right. That's what he says. So, you know, that's when you first, sort of even start thinking about, oh, so Luke could just straight up go to the, that side. He could go to the, you know, the side of the Empire or the dark side, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say Star, it really ramps up more into what we now think of when we think of Star Wars, right? right. The first one is essentially you're learning a little bit about the Force, but it's more about a space battle. Yeah. space battles and and you know sort of building this universe this one really steps more into the mythology and the overall story the skywalker story that uh, we know you know we know of now right. um so there's such a huge leap from a new hope to this one um and, and i think that's really interesting um with the whole vader luke thing mm-hmm. Um, what would you say overall between this and, uh, well, I guess we can't say between this and a new hope because they don't have much interaction in it. Do they have any interaction in a new hope? I don't think they do. Uh, I think it's just Vader and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say though, I guess just in terms of this movie is the best part of the progression of that. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, Vader obviously learns that he's, uh, you know, has a, a son who's Skywalker. And um, I guess by the end of this movie, if you can take away, and this may be very difficult to do because you, like me, have seen the movie a thousand times. But if you can take away, um, if you can take away... <laughs> or just suspend yourself for a minute and take away every time you've seen this movie by the end of this movie. Do you think that there's any believability to the idea that Luke could actually join the dark side, you know? And I know that's really hard to fathom that because obviously, like I said, we've seen the movie so much, but Mm -hmm. do you really think that that, you know, is it uh, something that's easy to see coming that he's not going to, or do you think that by the end of it, you could definitely see it happening? Well, I, I think you see some concern uh, in Yoda in training him, right? I, I think that he has some concern um, that uh, he's, you know, maybe it's a mistake to train him, I, I feel like. 
And then, you know, you see the interaction between Vader and Luke um, when he tells him he's his father. Uh, and Luke just has a, uh, a meltdown. And uh, he's an ugly crier. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know he just has a meltdown and and just flips out, and then you know just just lets go and you know tries to kill himself. Well, he gets back on the ship, right? And they they patch him up. They give him the new hand. Well, then Vader uh, is communicating with him, right, uh, telepathically, and it's like you flipped a switch. And he, I feel like Luke is, doesn't have that anger towards him. I, I believe he even calls him father, right? And they're communicating. So it's like that anger and disbelief and hatred just, I, I don't know, it, uh, it, it lessened from when he was hanging on that tower from getting his hand cut off to when he got repaired and back on the ship uh, with everyone else. Yeah, and I asked you that question for a very specific reason because, you know, at, at that time there were a lot of movies, especially if you had like sequels, mm-hmm. that I feel like cliffhangers weren't as big of a thing. Maybe in television it was, yeah. but um, it, it's really interesting to look back at a movie like this in that time period where by the end of it, you legitimately did not know what was going to happen. Yeah. By the next movie. Right. It wasn't as um, obvious. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about this when we talk about Return of the Jedi. But that's one of the big reasons why Luke wears black, mm-hmm. because it's, to, it, you know, and then obviously at the end, he unfolds that flap and you see white under it. You didn't know until the last minute that what Luke was going to choose, you know, because one side is so enticing. It's your father. There are no more Jedi left. You are the only one. It would have been very, you know, your father runs the empire, you know, so you would never have to worry about needing anything because, you know, you would always have it and you aren't, you aren't, you know, you're not on um, the smaller side of the war at that point. You know, you've joined the, the massive empire and the dark side. So you don't have, you know, you don't have all the rules that the Jedi have. So there would have been, there was a lot of uh, incentive to do it. Mm hmm. And I think that's what's really cool about it is that, you know, George Lucas put that much thought into that part of the story where, um, you know, there was a real choice there to be made. And uh, it's, you know, you see some of that in the prequels with Anakin. You know, obviously he goes the opposite direction. But, um, uh, you know, I think that that is very, very interesting um, to, to look at as sort of a character study of, of Luke and, and Vader. Um, like I said, you get the introduction of the Emperor in this movie. Um, and so originally the, the Emperor was p- played by a different actor altogether. Um, my gosh. Uh, the Emperor the actor? Pulled up. Yeah. McDermott? No, he was he was brought back for uh, yeah he was brought in for Return of the Jedi. Uh, Clive Revel, uh, yeah, it's the original Emperor actor. I wanted to give credit where credits due here. Um, that original uh, Emperor, uh, that dude looked rough. Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> they were still trying to figure it out at that point. Yeah, 
But I mean, that was sort of the same with the whole character at that point. It's like, yeah. what is this character? You know, obviously we know he is the emperor, so he is running the empire. But, um, you know, it's like in the first one, uh, in, in the original Star Wars, it's like Vader's like this big bad and you don't know a whole lot about him. And he's out here like force choking people. And then all of a sudden you've got this guy who you only see through um, hologram who Vader's literally taken a knee to. And you're like, what's that guy's story? You know, why, <laughs> what has he done that makes Vader, um, you know, uh, take, you know, bow to him? <laughs> yeah. You know, why, why is Vader bowing to him? And obviously we get that story later down the road, but, you know, that's a very interesting character to add. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you can't really talk about um this movie or the Luke and Vader stuff without talking about the big, you know, I'm, you know, I'm your father scene, which is, I imagine back at that time would, was the most spoiled, uh, movie, um, moment of all time. Um, (laughs) that would really, really be bad. You know, if you didn't go see it opening weekend and you got that one spoiled for you, that would suck. Um, I can just say (laughs) that, um, but that's obviously become such the big iconic moment. And by the end of this movie, like I said, Luke has progressed so far, but then once again, at the return of the Jedi, you're going to see a huge jump again. So, uh, I, I mentioned this in the last, uh, star Wars episode. Uh, that to me is one of the more impressive things about the the original trilogy is the progression of Luke as a character Mm -hmm. and how Mark Hamill, uh, handled that and you know he is a different he, he is almost literally a different character in all three of the movies yeah. um that progression is really strong and it's there and you can see it and you can feel it and and so that's a huge reason i think why the original trilogy worked so well is because of how he played it um we haven't talked much about leia but she is not um She's a big part of the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. but she's not, I guess, what she was in the original where she was like, you know, the princess who had to be rescued. Yeah, you know, damn she was distress. Yeah. She, you know, she was the reason, you know, for, uh, you know, sort of bringing all these characters together. And yeah. in this one, she's just handling her business alongside, um, you know, Han. And you obviously get this scene where Han is taken away and you start to realize that this relationship between them is real and, you know, it's going to happen. And, and so again, that's fleshed out more in return of the Jedi. Um, do you think that this is the best movie sequel of all time in your opinion? Ooh, best sequel. And I'm just talking about, yeah, direct follow-up not like if you just take like the second movie you know is this like the best second sequel of all time i guess i would say yes a a lot of time i'll say most of the time the the sequel is not as good as the original there are some exceptions uh is not as good uh very rarely uh is it on par with uh the original um but even uh, more rare is it uh, surpass the original. And like you said, a lot of people feel like this is their favorite uh, Star Wars movie, saying they feel that it's better than the original. 
Uh, and that's just, you know, un, unheard of that uh, uh, not only is it as good, but it's even better than the original. And there, and, and I don't know if there's any other movie franchise that, that that's the case. I'm sure there are, and I'm just not, you know, not thinking off the top of my head, but uh, if there are, there's not many in that category. Yeah, I would, I would maybe say it's between the, for me, it's between this and Terminator two, which I've always thought was better than the original one in a lot of different areas. Um, there is quite a bit more excitement to this movie than there is the original star Wars, even though there's something really special about the first one, because it's just the first one and, uh, it's what kind of launched everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not at all far fetched to say, um, that this could be, you know, the, the, the best sequel of all time, I think, um, you know, um, one thing that, uh, we haven't really talked about, but it's kind of a given with the star Wars movies is the return of the fantastic score mm-hmm. by John Williams. And you also get the addition of, you know, new themes, like I said, with Yoda's theme, mm-hmm. which has just become iconic throughout star Wars. Um, and it, I mean, you know, it's just like, you really don't even have to say much about it. It's just, it's John Williams and he's going to knock it out of the park. You know, because that's just what he what he does, and this right. one is, you know, great, great score. Um, the visual effects are all really good. Um, I love the Battle of Hoth when the uh, the snow speeders are taking down the the ATATs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's such an awesome part of Star Wars again that'll you know has become a huge part of uh, you know pop you know iconography. Um, it, it's just really cool. Um, you know, obviously you don't really get, uh, you don't really get the huge, I guess, space battle that you got in the first one or that you get in Return of the Jedi in this one. They're, they're sort of rebuilding the, uh, the Death Star after it was blown up. Um, do they rebuild it? Uh, I guess, are they building a new one or are they, I guess they are rebuilding it right from the pieces. I, I, you know, I guess. I mean, you think by the at the end of New Hope, there can't be a whole lot left. Star Wars has never really done good in that area. <laughs> you know? no. It's like somebody yeah. definitively gets killed. No, they didn't really die. Or something definitively gets blown up. They're like, well, there were still a huge pieces yeah. of it left. You know? Well, it's like they did that for this. And then again, in uh, Return of the Jedi, it's blown up. And then you see that in the rise of Skywalker and you're like, how is there this much of that left? It was exploded. Um, yeah. So Star Wars just doesn't have the best track record with the continuity as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you don't get the huge space battle that you normally get. Um, it's, it's different uh, in that well, regard. And I, from what I understand, uh, that that was on purpose. You know, they did the space battle in A New Hope, uh, and I think George Lucas thought that you know you can make mistakes in in space. It's a it's a back a black background, um, but doing it on Hoth in that snow background, it would uh, it would be more impressive because you can't have as many mistakes on the effects and the scenery and things like that. So he thought it'd be more more impressive. 
uh, doing it there, showing that, you know, we, there was no mistakes here. You could have mistakes in space. You could fix them. But uh, it, that, that's my understanding is uh, why the, why the switch there for the battle scenes. Okay. Well, yeah, that's an, that's an interesting uh, look at it. Um, and you know, it does, it works really well, I think as the one movie in the trilogy who does, you know, doesn't really have that. Um, it's sort of a change of pace, you know? And so it kind of works out, uh, pretty well that way. This one focuses more on the, uh, the lightsaber battle and, the you know, the, uh, um, this one is sort of it's the second act of a three act play and usually the second act is where you get the darker stuff happening it, the the heroes don't always win mm-hmm. and that's certainly the case here as you know by the end of the movie you know luke's had a hand chopped off and found some horrible news and han's been taken hostage and this is sort of how the movie ends so um i believe wasn't it in this movie that uh harrison ford wanted han to get killed yes was it this one okay he did was- um and that that ties in uh, i want to say it ties into um the carbonite scene because they didn't know if he was going to be back for a third movie uh so you know he has that iconic line when uh leia says uh, i love you and he's like i know right so from so they didn't know if he was going to be uh, in the third one, uh, Mark Hamill and, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, um, how am I? <laughs> Carrie Fisher had already signed on for the third movie, but at that point he hadn't. So it was kind of be open-ended, but, uh, oh, okay. he wanted, he, uh, he wanted, uh, George Lucas to, to, to kill the character off. But, uh, George said, no, you've still got, uh, a, a more, uh, heroic role to play in this third one. Um, and from, I understand some more toys to sell too. So. <laughs> yeah. I can't forget that part. <laughs> Cannot forget that part. Um, and a lot so of people one, that, uh, that line where he says, uh, I know, uh, a lot of people think that, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, improvised that line, but it was actually, uh, planned out it wasn't in the original script there was another line but they didn't feel like it worked so he did have a converse he did have a conversation he came up with a line but it was planned it was not improvised okay yeah i i think i guess i'd always uh uh assumed he had improvised it because i had heard that um pretty much i guess my whole life Hmm. um there's a lot of interesting things about this movie, uh, fact fun fact-wise. I do remember uh, when I first saw this movie, and I don't know why this sticks out in my mind, I originally saw like the original version right before the special edition mm-hmm. uh, came out. I saw an original you know, VHS copy. One thing that I remember, and I don't know if anybody else remembers this. I'm sure there's somebody out there who does. Um in the scene where Luke goes into the cave and sees the like fake Vader mm-hmm. in the original cut, his breathing was real weird and he had an orange lightsaber mm. Vader. And they did that to signify that, Hey, this isn't real. It's an illusion. Right. And when they did the special effects, uh, special editions, they fixed that stuff. 
but I it's I don't know. It's just an odd memory, but I do specifically remember that because I remember being a little kid and thinking, is this just a different character altogether that looks just like Darth Vader? Um, but no, I mean, that's uh, I've never heard anybody talk about that, but I, I, I specifically remember that, which is um, is kind of odd, I guess. Fun fact for you there. Um, I guess it's similar to uh, The Last Jedi, it, you know, the, the last battle when Luke shows up. And you can clearly tell that his hair has been colored and his beard and mustache. And you're like, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, something's not right here. And then it turns out, yeah, he was not really there. It was a projection, right? So maybe it was a, a yeah. play on the same thing. They or were like how his signifier. feet are moving, but you can't see him moving the salt like right. the other characters were. Yeah. yeah. They give you like tips. Yeah. I guess that's pretty, it's pretty much like that. Yeah. So it's, it's a good point. Um, and then uh, you get like this whole thing with, uh, you know, we spoke about uh, Boba Fett. And one thing I did specifically want to mention was me and you have talked about this before about the, uh, the Kenner toy, mm-hmm. which is was like, you know, infamously like the most sought after like Kenner toy, you know, of all time, Star Wars wise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they specifically the one with the, the rocket that fires, right. you know, and how they had to pull those because kids were choking on them. Um, I think that may play into that, too. <laughs> and now we're going back to Boba Fett here, but I think that may play <laughs> into it, too. You know, like the the that the popularity of that toy as well. Um, but I, I just had that written down here and I forgot to mention earlier, but I've always thought that was, uh, you know, really interesting uh like because like you mentioned toy sales and star wars sort of go hand in hand you know oh, yeah <laughs> and a lot I, of different i still have a lot of the fig the original figures and i've got boba fett i don't have that boba fett um obviously but uh i do have the original one of the original versions of boba fett and yeah the the toys that's yeah that that was big yeah, I mean, it's all, and that's no secret. I mean, um, you know, the toy sales from Star Wars just kill. And that's just, you know, kids love Star Wars toys. So um, I did want to mention that because I, I know that that's, you know, for people who collect Star Wars toys has been like, you know, that's like the holy grail of Star Wars toys. If you can find one of those, I'm, I forget what they go for, but it's some ridiculous number. Yeah. Um, well, I feel and, like that was a, a groundbreaker too, because you know I grew grew up during uh, GI Joe, and those those size of figures. Before that, the GI Joes were like the huge twelve inch figures, right? But uh, after that, you had those um, uh, the Star Wars figures that were the smaller uh, smaller figures. You had all the vehicles, the the play sets, and then after that, you had uh, the GI Joes that came out. Um, so yeah, the the toys I think are are were a a big, uh, especially during that era, if you had a, a either a toy that you could tie into a franchise or uh, create a franchise from, like GI Joe, the animated series was created from uh, the action figures, and of course, Star Wars the action figures were tied were uh, you know created from the series. But that was that was huge back then. That was a huge trend of uh, uh, properties. Uh, movies and shows tied in with uh, with toys and huge sales. 
Yeah, it that I I want to say that um I don't know how toy sales in the 80s compared to what toy sales are today. Um I I really couldn't tell you. Maybe that's something we could look into, but um I just know that you always hear of like these massive old collectible toys from that time period. Um, you know, a lot of them you had, you know, some of them I had. Um, and you, it seems like you don't hear as much of that today. I mean, you hear a lot of like the Legos. Uh, that's sort of like the thing nowadays. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they built toys back then and, and uh, the rarity of them, I guess, just like anything else. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, I'd always heard, and who knows if this is true, you know, a ri- you know I- I'd said that uh, uh, Han wanted to, uh, or, or Harrison Ford wanted Han to be killed off. You know, he thought that'd be a good a fitting in for his character. His job was done. But George Lucas had said that, uh, no, you've still got some heroic, a heroic role to play in this, in this third movie. I had also right. heard that Han was very popular in the toy range and, uh, Lucas did not want to lose that. He wanted to keep, you know, keep that momentum going. And that's why he didn't kill him off. But, well, right, and famously, I mean, that was the deal with, again, we'll get into this in the next Star Wars episode, but that's sort of the thing with, like, the, the Ewoks. Yeah. Hot toy oh, item. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> look, look, George Lucas, man, George Lucas is a great writer, good storyteller, <laughs> but he's also a very good businessman. Yeah. Let's just get that right, you know? <laughs> And I'll All of say that was true. one of my issues, and we'll get to it, but that was one of my issues with that movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, he is a, a savvy business person. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the Ewoks as much, uh, but it is very obvious why they're there. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is something cool about a primitive, you know, group of primitive, you know, beings taking on the Empire. I'll, I'll say that, but again, you know, it's it's obvious the reason why they are what they are is because kids would love them. Um, the army so. of teddy bears. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, we talked about Luke losing his hand. Now, this is a big part of lore, and so we're going to mention it here. Um, you know, so Luke loses his hand and the lightsaber. In the expanded universe, if you know anything about the expanded universe of Star Wars, you know this. Luke's hand and lightsaber are recovered by Palpatine uh, as sort of trophies. And um, he uses the hand to create a clone of Luke that also wields that same lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber. And uh, after the clone is killed, Luke gives that lightsaber to Marjade, who becomes his wife. Now, again, if you have been a star Wars fan for a long time. You know, the expanded universe, that's just common knowledge to you. I, you know, is that a cool storyline? I, you know, I'm one of these believers, uh, about to offend some more people here. I'm one of these believers that everybody looks back on the expanded universe now favorably. And they're like, Oh, I wish we could, you know, I love the expanded universe. I wish we could, you know, kept that stuff. Canon. I'm one of the believers that, about 15 to 20% of the expanded universe is any good. And the rest is pretty much garbage in my opinion. And the reason for that is 
as much as I love the books and comics and all that stuff that comes with it and, and the stuff that's canon, I love to read. And I have a ton of expanded universe books and comics that I grew up with that I had as a kid. I still have them and I read them from time to time. Um, but as much as I love all that other stuff, that's different from, you know, that's not the movies or the shows or whatever. Uh, there was a lot of it that came out in my time growing up. That was just garbage. <laughs> it was just <laughs> some of these people, who writes, you know, some of this stuff that's essentially now like fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much have free reign to write whatever they want. Uh, you know, especially in that time period between, uh, or, or after the original movies before Disney bought Star Wars and made the sequel trilogy, because you could write whatever you want. Cause you didn't have to worry about messing with any timeline because everything that we had seen on screen had already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it was just not very good. And I think a lot of people forget that and they just remember the stuff they liked. Um, you know, obviously Luke was married, you know, Mara Jade. And a lot of people are hoping that they bring her back into the the new version of Star Wars. I, you know, I for me, I don't really care about any of that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you did have this whole, I do vividly remember reading, growing up about you know emperor using luke's hand to make a clone and i always thought it was you know i don't know kind of odd and and not really a storyline i cared much about i know that the sequel trilogy played around with this a little bit but um i yeah i mean there i i as, as long as we were talking about this movie i thought we might as well mention that stuff i don't know chad i don't know how much of the expanded universe you got into uh, if any, uh, at all, not I mean, a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, like you said, it, it's you know not not quite the same as fan fiction, but it's it's on that same vein. Uh, and and they've done that with a lot of different properties. You know, you've got uh, people that wrote uh, novels for for Star Wars. You had people that wrote novels for uh, Indiana Jones. You had people that continued to write novels. Uh, after Ian Fleming passed for for James Bond, um, and I'm sure some of us to me it's just not the same. But yeah. uh, but you know I I look at uh, look at Mandalorian and and uh, it's not books of course, but the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. I mean I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying them and I I, I love them. So I'm not completely against them. I will give them a chance. Yeah, there's uh. Oh, there's a lot of books and like comic books uh, mm-hmm. that I love. I mean, like I, you know, one of my favorite Star Wars books is Bloodline. Um, you know, it's about Leia, and you know, it's sort of her first interaction with the Force, and sort of her learning that she has it. And it's really good. I mean, there's a lot of co- the Darth Vader comic series I love. Um, I've been meaning to read the 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 ben solo ones when him and luke are first training and i've heard those are really good and uh you know i read master and apprentice by uh about uh qui-gon and and obi-wan and and that was good and there's i i've there's a ton of books i'm trying to think of a lords of the sith which is a uh an emperor and vader book which is now expanded universe but it's really good Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some of it that is, is really good. And, you know, some of the video games are really good, have good stories. Right. Uh, but like I said, in this t- specific time period after return of the Jedi, before the prequels came out, 
there was just a lot of bad stuff and there was some, <laughs> some decent stuff in there, but there was a lot of bad stuff. And so, um, yeah, there's a, there's like this huge section of star Wars fans who really, uh, hate have hated Disney from the beginning just because they got rid of the expanded universe. But to yeah. be honest, I was totally fine with that. I mean, there's well, just... and I think any novels or, or books, comic books now, I think it's going to have to be say, well, they will be sanctioned by Disney and they're going to make sure they're going to be, you know, high quality they're not just going to let anybody just write a book right you got to keep continuity a part of it and and so that's huge obviously um so yeah uh just want to mention that a little bit i don't we've gone pretty much through everything i mean do you have anything to add here towards the end before we wrap it up i've got a couple of things so all right you mentioned uh quigon and uh obi-wan yeah quigon yeah quigon uh excuse me uh, so there was a, a in Empire Strikes Back. There was a scene when they were on Dagobah, and uh, it was when uh, Obi Wan, uh, Yoda, and Luke—they're all talking. Of course, it's uh, Obi Wan's uh, ghost, but he he make he he says a line uh, of dialogue that makes you think that he was trained by Yoda, because um, he talked about you know when you taught me. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that was? Do you think uh, Lucas, when he was writing it, he uh, forgot about that, or do you think uh, what? What do you think happened there? It was just another instance of just uh, discontinuity. No, I mean that's that's how the Jedi Order worked. Yoda taught every youngling up until they got to a certain age, and then they were assigned to a new master. Mm-hmm. That's just how the. And I think a lot of that kind of stuff he had written even back then. Um, he knew about the Clone Wars and all that stuff and the Jedi Council and all that even back then. Um, you know, I've even read where they uh, they thought about making Lando a, uh, a, a clone. He, was, he would have been one of the clones who fought in the wars. Um, so did he specifically know about that one thing? I don't know. But as far as the continuity of Star Wars, that does line up. That's, you know, Yoda was just the guy who would train him up to a certain age. And then, you know, Obi-Wan did train under Yoda up until he was a certain age. And then uh, Qui-Gon took him on, which Qui-Gon is a very interesting, obviously played by Liam Neeson, is a very interesting Jedi because he was like not very favored upon like they other Jedi didn't like him very much because he had a tendency not to follow the rules. And, uh, you see a little bit of that in the Phantom Menace, but, um, as far as like, did they know that at that exact time? I, I'm honestly, I just, I have no idea. I don't know that anybody except for George Lucas knows to be honest. Right. So, and, uh, the Quigon, Quigon, I'm sure I just embarrassed myself in front of a lot of people, <laughs> but some people, because I, you know, I, they say that you can tell what generation you grew up in based on which, uh, which trilogy uh, is your favorite. My favorite trilogy is the, is the original, of course, because I grew up in that time period where, you know, I, I, the, I like the, the prequels. They're okay, but they're not my favorite. They're obviously my favorite are uh, the, the original. Cause that's, that's the nostalgia for me. That's what I grew up in. And uh, so, yeah. I embarrassed myself, but it's it's understandable. That's fine. You did, but that's fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> and the kidding. the uh, the second thing I was gonna I was gonna say. So you talked about uh, Empire Strikes Back 
uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, is uh, during that time when these were coming out, uh, the thought of, uh, was Luke going to turn to the dark side? You didn't know, right? And he's wearing black, uh, and you don't know which, what he's going to do. And then at the end, he reveals that that uh, that white flap, and he shows, yep, he's he's going to stay on the uh, uh, on the light side, and he's going to reject the dark, right? So yep. here's my prediction, uh, bringing it back around to Book of Boba Fett. I think uh, Grogu's going to... They're going to make you think he's going back to the Mandalorian and he goes back and at the last minute, he's going to fire up that lightsaber and go to town. Oh, you just uh, spoiled it for everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and hey, and it could work because he could go back to the Mandalorian and do both. And they allow him to have that, uh, that relationship. Uh, and then would that not open the door for Luke uh, to bring in a relationship with Mara Jade later on? I'm not sure. You know, the thing you have to factor into it is that Ben Solo is coming at some point. Right. Grogu has grown into this character that people want to see through. And I'm not sure that people want the idea of knowing, especially if you consider how Grogu's story started, where he was like this Jedi who had to escape Order 66. Mm. I'm not sure people want to live with knowing that he's going to just get uh, you know, slaughtered by Kylo Ren. Um, so it feels to me like, even if he chooses I, the, the lightsaber, like you mentioned, it feels to me like there's going to, something else is going to happen. Um, and they're going to try to resolve this character through something that you will see rather than just leaving it up to the imagination. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I would... I'll say this. I would not be shocked. I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as he just chooses one or the other. I Like you're saying, I think it's, there's going to be some sort of twist to it. Right. Um, uh, I don't know how that happens, but I, I wouldn't be shocked by kind of like if what you said happened. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I I completely see what you're saying. And I and and more than likely you're right. And I I, I doubt what I said was uh, is going to happen. It would be cool if it did. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to. I, I yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets to see uh, the Mandalorian maybe one more time, and then, but ultimately he almost you know it's like either he or Luke tells Mando that hey, you know I'm choosing to be a Jedi. So you don't have to worry about me or, you know, something like that. Um, like I said, I'm almost certain he's going to choose the Mandalorian. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't think it's going to be like cut and dry. I think they'll, they'll pull some kind of twist on us. If I, if, if I had to bet. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, but we will find out soon enough. Yeah, we will. Um, Anything else that you can think of to add uh, before we wrap this one up? Uh, no, other than, uh, you know, if you look at the, uh, this this movie is so iconic, but if you look at the box office uh, earnings on that opening weekend, it did not do very well. I think it brought in like $4 million, but then, uh, you know, overall gross is gross like half a billion. But, uh, right. yeah, I, you know, looking at that that very first opening weekend, to at least to me, and I'm not you know knowledgeable in those things, but you know the the budget was 18, and they brought in four that opening weekend. So I I don't know. I guess uh, 
I would have been, especially if I would have personally bankrolled it, I, I would have been a little nervous. But it all worked out. Well, yeah, one thing you have to consider, and I, I think we talked about this a little bit last time, there was no such thing as home video release. So yeah. movies stayed in theaters for a very long time, and they kept making money for a very long time. Right. So, um, well, now we did mention last week that this movie opened on the same day as the Blues Brothers or last episode. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could factor that into it as well. Um, I'm not sure what else. He know, did make his money back up uh, after three months of it being in the theater. So, yeah, but, and see, that's the thing. That's almost unheard of now. Yeah, a yeah. movie doesn't even really stay in the. I don't even think any movie stays in theaters that long nowadays. Right. Um, I mean, for instance, it's February now. So, uh, let me think. January, December, November. I mean, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out in November. I doubt it's still in theaters, you know, at this point. I mean, it's all, it's out on Blu-ray now. It's out on digital. So yeah. um, who knows? Um, it, you know, this that's sort of the difference of times, you know, um, that we live in now versus back then. But, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'll say, uh, I'll say he might, is it this movie that, uh, so, okay. So I will go down a little bit of a rabbit hole for, for just a second. You, you mentioned, uh, about this movie turning a profit, right? You, you mm-hmm. said you really didn't know how that works. So, um, by Hollywood, uh, let me just look this up. So I'll make sure I have it right. So there's this thing called Hollywood accounting. Um, um, and I don't know if, you know, if, uh, I don't know how many of you know much about it. Sorry, I'm just uh, Googling this right here to make sure I'm right. Uh, because I believe it was this movie I'd heard this about. So here's how Hollywood accounting, uh, there, it's not just cut as cut and dry as I spent $5 million on it. So if I make $5 million and $1, I've made a profit. Right. That's not how movies work. The rule of thumb is that you have to make three times what you spend on it to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. Basically because you don't, uh, your production budget, which is what you always hear of as the budget, is just one part of it. There's also marketing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that you spend more. Most of the time they spend more on marketing than they do than, than they did even making the movie. So that's a huge part of it. Um Hold on, let me pull this up because I, I read this a while back, and this actually absolutely blew me away. Um, so, Return of the Jedi. It's not Empire. It's Return of the Jedi. So, technically, Return of the Jedi still has not made a profit to this day because <laughs> because of Hollywood accounting. Now, you also have to factor in toy sales. You have to factor in yeah. physical media sales. It, then it absolutely did turn a profit, but the movie itself uh, still hasn't, uh, which I find absolutely. And again, if you you can just look up Hollywood accounting if you're interested in this, but I find that absolutely kind of insane to think about, you know, uh, the way that works. Uh, but I'll say, as far as like Empire and you know, pretty much the whole trilogy, the whole saga, really, George Lucas, you know, is a pretty good business decision, really, you know. You just think up this story in your head and make billions of dollars off of it. That seems like a good formula to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really interesting. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I think uh, 
at least on my end, I think it's it's pretty well covered. I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, man, Empire Strike. Where does this movie rank for you? Of between what? Star Wars. Star Wars movies. Yeah, j- just one. the whole. This is number one. Yep. Okay. It's not for me, but it's up there. Mine's my, as, my, go ahead. It, uh, my list is tough because it's changes sometimes, but for the most part, this is. I think this is consistently like maybe number three for me, two or three. It flip flops um, between this one and Return of the Jedi because I'm a big Return of the Jedi fan. I love. Oh, oh yeah, I love Return of the Jedi. There are some things that I don't care for. Uh, this Same. one, it's all the way through. It's it's awesome. Now, if we're talking all of Star Wars properties, this would come in second, right behind the holiday special. Yep. Oh, that was a given. That's my number one. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's the best piece of Star Wars property ever put out there. Now, I didn't count the Ewoks movies either. Specifically though. because that's the introduction of Boba Fett, and he's my favorite character. <laughs> you don't like Grandpa Wookie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That VR headset that he's got. Yeah. I don't know what George Lucas was smoking on that one. Um, all right, guys, this has been uh, Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes. We'll see you next time and have a good one.